Hey guys, welcome back to Get A Heck Yes with me, your host, Carissa Wu. So guess what? I have a very special sponsor and it's called Zencaster and I host all my podcasts here on Zencaster. And yeah, it saved my butt a couple of times when my interviewees internet crapped out or mine crapped out and I had to merge the audio files together. But it's definitely the all-in-one web solution um, that makes the process super quick and painless. So check out my link in the show notes. So today I have a very special guest and her name is Melanie Aubert and she actually has a podcast called The Rich Man Podcast and you should definitely check it out. But today is all about like money mindset shifts and she's just amazing like she came from poverty and now she bought her parents a house and retired her husband and millionaire so I just admire her so much and after this episode it really changed me like I walk out of the house like knowing that money is going to come to me easily so uh, yeah she's really inspired me um with this episode and i really hope it inspires you too enjoy welcome to get a heck yes with carissa Wu. i'm your host carissa and i've been a los angeles wedding photographer for over a decade i've traveled the world built my team and seen it all I now coach wedding photographers hit 10K a month and build a thriving business. In this podcast, we are going to deep dive into how top wedding creatives get that heck yes from their dream clients. We are not holding back on the struggles of the business and how to push through the noise. Some healthy hustle, mindset shifts, up-leveling your money story, time hacks because I'm a mom of two, a little bit of woo-woo, and most importantly, self-love and confidence are just a few of the many things we will talk about. I want to give you a genuine thank you for following along my journey. I hope to inspire you every Wednesday so that you say heck yes to listening to this podcast. See you guys soon. Hey everyone, welcome back to Heck Yes. It's me, Carissa Wu, as you know, and I'm here with a very special guest, Melanie Albert, and she has navigated out of poverty into prosperity. She helps other women rise to the multi six and seven figures online with money mastery, marketing, and soulful selling. And I'm a big fan. So welcome, Melanie. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing phenomenal. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So can I just tell you a little bit about my aha moment yesterday? Of course. (laughs) Okay. So I was listening to your podcast called The Richmond Podcast and you were talking about DM selling, and you gave me some really good advice about just like starting the conversation. Um, I've been doing it for a long time, hasn't been very successful, but I use your tips, and I actually went on Facebook groups um, using some of your tips about just starting the conversation, and seriously, like I got maybe 20 people to sign up for my coffee chat for tomorrow. Yes, that's so exciting. I love it. That's awesome. That makes me happy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And it it works. I was so scared of Facebook for so long and I would have like my VA like reach out, Hey, do you want a lead magnet? And it just, I wasn't getting response. So I just took your advice of just starting conversations and it worked. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Marketing and sales is not as scary as it seems when you do it the right way or the soulful way is what I call it. So I'm glad. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Okay, so I'm just going to start with the first question because I love it so much. But how do you get a heck yes from your dream clients? So I would say for me, getting a heck yes from my dream clients is giving myself a heck yes first. So we 
oftentimes expect our audience to, you know, want to commit to us or, or want to dive into our work, but we don't fully commit ourselves to what we're doing. Like we're, for me, it's when I am selling something, I go first and then they respond. So what I mean by that is I embody my work. I integrate my work daily, the way that I launch, the way that I sell, the way that I market, that just by who I be, people are already a heck yes, because they see me leading by example. So for me, and what I tell my clients is you go first and then they'll follow. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Like I see that in your um, Instagram too. It's kind of like you are doing, you are leading by example. Like you, you have a good energy with money, your powerhouse, um, (laughs) you have it going on. So in return, people kind of want that from you or they want that from, from themselves. Mm -hmm. I totally get it. Yeah, and you said something in the questionnaire. You said something something about push and pull. Can you talk more about that? Yes. So traditionally what we're taught when it comes to marketing and sales, and and just a quick background, I came from corporate marketing America. So I worked at a company where it was primarily male-dominated. I was one of the very few females that worked there. And my whole life and being in marketing, it's uh, your executives are primarily male. But what has been taught when it comes to sales and marketing is you push, you push, you push, you push, and eventually – they will say yes. And what we see is is in real life sales, like when you go to the mall and the, the kiosks that line the bottom floor of the mall, they're just pushing random shit at you. Like, let me straighten your hair or, or let me try this lotion, let me try your <laughs> shoes. And you're like, geez, I haven't even like engaged in a conversation. Calm down. So that's, that's push. That's you're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing. There was no invitation yet. And that's why we are afraid of sales and we're afraid of marketing is because we've been, we've been, we've had bad experiences with that. And I did that because that was what my corporate job instructed. So what I like to do is, is, is the poll marketing is where one, the piece of that is the integration that you, when you see me walking first, you're pulled toward it. You're like, huh, I could tell that she does the thing. It's more like an energetic uh, kind of attraction. Um, you can't help yourself. And then the pull would be, so what we don't always understand, and there, there's in conversation, there's a masculine and feminine energy. So as me and you are talking to one another, it would be really hard for anyone to listen to us if we are both talking at the same time, right? There has to be a masculine, I'm talking, there's my, there's my push, and then I lean back, there's my pull, I respond. So there's a there's a dance with energies when it comes to how we communicate. And because sales is just communication, marketing is just communication. It's the same kind of thing. When we are selling something online and we're just pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, here's the thing. Here's how great it is. Here's all the shit that you get, all that stuff. It's very uh-huh. hard for anyone to like step up and want to respond or even have the chance to respond because you're in your masculine so much that they can only respond in their feminine, which is leaning back. So- that's the energy that I refer to a lot when it comes to the sales and the marketing and, and all the things business. Yeah, I've been working on my feminine energy and two funny points. Well, the first kind of funny story is I was at a kiosk with my husband and then he went to the Disney store to buy something and he came out and I had bought like five steamers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and we still like fight to this day, like eight years later about that story. He's still mad so about funny. it. That's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah. And I'm really working on like my, my feminine energy. I'm very, very like masculine. I like, I'm the one like, oh, I'll buy the drinks, you know, I'll buy the yeah. shots. Like I'll, I'll open up my own doors. 
And I was at this wedding and I was, you know, taking the big, giant, heavy centerpiece off of the table to do the table pictures. And mm -hmm. I had just spoke to my assistant about feminine energy. She's like, hey, Krissa, ask a guy to do it. Yeah. And so I, I grew up with, I have four brothers and in my childhood was a bit chaotic. And, and to me being masculine was a defense mechanism. Like there was no room for me to be in my feminine ever, because if I didn't do nothing would have got, gotten done. And it's interesting because we, we see it as like a badge of honor when we, when we're mm. like that, right? Like where the hustle mentality is praised. Like we've just grown up in a society like that, that if like a woman in business, if she is not a, if she's not like a wolf of the pack, like she's, she's weak, she'll not, she won't survive. And I have found that I've not only made far more money in my feminine, but I have also attracted far better clients in my feminine. And it's interesting. And I, and I just like you, Chris, I was the same exact way. I, I would do, right. I'd be the one taking the pictures off the table and I would get upset that no one else was doing it, but how could they? Because again, there's the masculine feminine da dance that we have. I wasn't allowing anyone else to do it, you know? Oh, and there's, yeah. um, when, when you see, and it's really cool. And I love the feminine power because we, when we walk into a room and you can't help, but look at someone like they carry not the masculine power, they carry the feminine power. That's like the, huh? she's got it going on. Like, it's not because she's like, Oh, I'm going to do everything. You know, it's because she's, she's, she's mastered her feminine energy. Like we're born with that superpower. And a lot of us try and like stuff it down because we see it as weakness when it's not. Yeah. It's so interesting. Okay. So kind of a fun question. We're talking about feminine energy. So mm -hmm. why do you name your website? I am rich man and your podcast, <laughs> the rich man podcast. I kind of already know, but just, yes. yeah. One of Yes, for context. So there's that famous share quote when her mom asked her, why don't you just marry a rich man? She goes, mom, I am a rich man. So that's where that came from was the share, oh, famous what, what share quote. Share. Yeah. She oh, was scary, interviewed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love, I love the idea of, cause, cause I had a tax person when I was maybe 22, I was with my dad and the, my tax guy made a comment that, wow, you actually make a lot of money for your age. You should just do it the old school way and marry someone rich. And I said, I don't, I don't want to marry rich. I want to be rich. Like that's, that's what I want to be. So it's a play on words that like, I am a rich man. Like I, I want to see more money in the hands of women done it like in a way that us women like run the show our way versus it being like us in a man's world. It's us in the world doing man shit the woman way. Um, so that's the, that's the intention behind the, the name. Oh my God. Yeah. I have the same story with my tax man. Like yeah. Taxmen are like kind of <laughs> chauvinistic. Yes. Yes. I'm like, that's such a weird, I don't want to do it old school, like marry rich and divorce. You know, I'm just like, it's yeah, so yeah. silly. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I mean, I don't want to marry poor, but I definitely want to be yeah. rich. <laughs> yeah. My husband married me when I was poor, so he was a good investment. <laughs> he married you for love. <laughs> yes, he did. He did. Nice. Nice. So how has like your business been going? Like, tell me a little bit about, about your backstory. Like, um, growing up, you said poverty and then, yeah. um, what did you do for in college and, um, jobs and just what led you to where you are today? Oh gosh. What led me here today is just a million small moments, mm -hmm. but 
I grew up uh, in a family of addicts, actually. Both my parents were addicted to drugs. Uh, my father was in and out of prison most of my life. Uh, so when I say that I had no choice but to be in a masculine kind of role, I had no choice. I had multiple jobs always. I graduated college early or high school early to get into college quicker, to like get a career. And marketing just seemed like the easiest I, I wasn't good at anything besides, I mean, like I wasn't a math wizard or like I wanted to be an architect, but I, I couldn't, I had no, none of my walls were even. So I just, I just was like, marketing is just easy. It's just easy. I'm just going to go for it. Um, and so throughout college, I was always working multiple jobs. I was interning, doing all of the things. And it's interesting. My last corporate job um, was when I first began there was when I was really into fitness. Again, I had a million jobs. So like I was doing fitness coaching and working my <laughs> full-time job and also hostessing and working a yoga, yoga shop, like you name it. I don't know how I slept um, <laughs> really. So I was a personal trainer on the side and um, I'm the kind of person where like I, if I have my mindset on something, I'm going to see it times a thousand. Like I don't half-ass anything. I go for it. And that's just how I've always been. And I think part of that, when you're, when you're born into poverty, all you see is opportunity. You know what I mean? Like there's no level that you're like, I want to do better than my, well, I didn't want to do better than my parents, but there was no, like, it was, sky was a limit for me when I saw, when I saw what was possible. When I was in the fitness world, um, I, I, it was, Instagram was newer and people were, you know, posting workout videos. And, and one of the gentlemen at the gym that I worked at was like, Hey, have you, have you seen this woman on here? Like she's making money doing this. And I was like, Oh, interesting. I'll think about it. Two years passed. I never did anything with it. Um, and I didn't really want to be the face of anything. Like I, I was kind of scared what people were going to think of me, like the, what we usually, you know, worry about. So in my corporate job, I thought, okay, if I don't want to be the face of it, why don't I help people behind the scenes with like content, with that kind of stuff? What I was doing at my corporate job, I saw how it can tie into like the online space world. So what I was posting workout videos and then I grew my following very, very quickly. It was, it was when the algorithm was awesome. Uh -huh. And <laughs> unfortunately it's changed significantly. <laughs> know, um, so when I grew my following, I was like, oh, okay. Like I, I know how to do this. And so I worked behind the scenes uh, with people on like creating content, that kind of stuff. I'm talking like I had one client that was like $200 a month and um, <laughs> I didn't know how to like scale that or how to grow that. And then one day I just thought to myself, like, if I really want to make this online business thing like work, I have to, I have to quit my job. It sounds really rash and crazy. I heard a radio station and it like, it was my sign from God that just to quit and just go for it. So I quit my job, cashed out my 401k. And then I hired a coach with that money to teach me how to create a program online to sell. And that's how I got started. It was kind of like, a random unveiling of, and in between all that, I was making random websites for people, sales funnels. Like I had my hands in so many different places that no one even knew what the hell I did because it was like a thousand things. So yeah. yeah. One thing I wanted to say was about, that's cool about you was you came from um, parents that were addicts and mm -hmm. from poverty with nothing. Some kids would see actually like no future ahead of them, but yeah. you saw nothing but future. And, yeah. you know, it's yeah. very interesting. And I would, I will credit when I was young, I read this poem that said that, uh, these twins were born from and born, uh, into a life with an alcoholic father. One of the twins ended up being an alcoholic and the other one ended up being really successful. And when asked 
why one was an alcoholic, he said, I watched my father. And the other one who was successful said, I also watched my father. And when I heard that, I was like, I have a choice to either be like him, be uh-huh. like my dad or not. And I chose, Ooh. I chose the latter. Yeah. Ooh, I got chills from like, great. <laughs> my to like my, my, uh, my breath. <laughs> Come a long way. Yeah. yeah. Choice. Choice. Uh, someone else done the podcast, like he had choice like tatted on his arm in the oh, love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. everything is choice so what is your biggest accomplishment in business I have a few and it's hard to choose between my top two uh my uh tie up top three I have three of them I have to say them all because I can't choose they're all amazing one I bought my parents a house that was huge oh. for me um yes mm-hmm. I got to write them a really big check and my parents have always rented. They didn't have good credit. So my dad's now sober. My parents are sober. So that's, I wanted to help them out. I want to see them go places. So I bought them a house. The second accomplishment that I am so proud of is I retired my husband from his six figure salary job to follow his own dreams. So now he's home with me and we have a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, And then my third accomplishment, this just happened, so this is really exciting, is um, every, all my employees now have full, full health benefits. And wow. that, that means a lot to me because growing up, I had no health insurance. And I, don't, I, didn't, I never had health insurance until now. So for me, as growing up as a kid without you know, going to the dentist or without going to the doctor, like this is, I'm so happy to give that to my employees. That makes me really proud. So those are my top three. Wow, can I be your bestie so you could retire me? (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. What did your husband do before? So he actually worked for his family company. His family owns a garbage truck company. So he he had a he had a good job a good job. I mean, it was stable. It was all he knew his entire life. So it was hard for him to leave a family company. Um, So now he trades in the stock market. He's doing his own thing. Like he really enjoys it. That's amazing. Congrats. That's so yes, powerful. You. Okay. One more question before we go into our hot topic. Um, I would say like, who's your favorite um, influence with kind of like a money influencer that you've always looked up to? You can name like one or two. Oh, that's hard. Famous influencer whom I looked up to. I feel like it changes so often uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. that like on the season, but I would say this sounds strange, but it's it's not even it's not even someone famous. Does that count? Can uh-huh. I give someone who's not yeah, yeah, famous? Totally. Okay. Yeah. So my my fourth grade teacher was a fundamental human being in, in my growth and and it's really cool. In fourth grade, I I was poor, right? My teachers obviously knew that I was the kid who didn't take showers or baths. Like I was, you know, we didn't have I was hand-me-downs, whatever. And she would bring me her clothes, her hand-me-down clothes for me to wear. And I just, her and I just, we clicked. She always would tell me, like she would let me stay after school to get homework done because my house was always so chaotic. And she always told me like, I believe in you. You're going to do great things. Like stay on this path. Like you've got this. And she was the first person to tell me that I could. And that was like, she was fundamental in, in, in this, in this upcoming, you know, the becoming of my life. And her and I met again when I was working at the grocery store when I was 21 and she was like bawling her eyes out when she saw me and she's like, I'm so grateful that you're like doing well. And I'm like, man, if she could see me now, like she would be, you know, crazy. But the one thing I took away from her was she didn't have to do any of that. 
Like she was just a teacher. She could have just stopped, clocked out and just went home and like did her thing and just been like, that sucks for that girl. But she went the extra mile because she cared for people. And I think about that often in my business is I, I've always wanted to go the extra mile because I care for people. It's never really about like, how much money can I make this month? It's more so how many lives can I change? Can I be that one person in someone's life and they're becoming their story where they're like, if it wasn't for her, like, I don't know where I'd be. Not that I want to be that person, but like, uh, she was pivotal in, in my story. That's who I want to be. For uh, yeah. That's such a great answer. I mean, that's so much better than like, you know, Tony Robbins. Or- <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause you were, you're a baby and you needed someone and she was there for you and stepped in. Um, we're going to get into our hot topic, but I just wanted to say, I'm very excited for this conversation because I have like a weird, um, relationship with money because my parents didn't talk about money. They kept saying like, oh, we're poor, we're poor. They were bankrupt. And then they would buy like a new Camry, like in cash. And it was just very confusing. And, um, like even when my, my grandma passed, like no one could talk about money. Like it was just so like uncomfortable. And then, so, you know, I kind of adopted some of those mythologies and I literally like sweat, like sometimes talking about money. Like I, I could talk about making money and, um, receiving money, but it's hard to talk about like looking at finances and stuff. So we're all, we're going to talk about all of that today. So tell me your hot topic and why you chose it. Yes. We're going to talk about money mastery and the energetics behind money because money for me, again, growing up in poverty was one of the hardest topics to even like wrap my brain around. Um, and, and one of the reasons why I was so broke my entire life. And if I look back at my parents and their generations, it's generational, it's, it's passed down, like their money beliefs and this work has changed my life. So not just a, Hey, here's how to make, you know, $10,000, but here's how to, to build wealth because there's a difference. And energetically, we need to know the difference. It's really interesting when we look at money because we're taught that like money controls our lives, right? Like money is, we can't do anything without money. We never have enough of it. Um, we get upset and we look at people who live lavishly and we're like, must be nice. Like we have all, no matter where we come from, there's a money story. Even if you grew up wealthy, I see it all the time. What's fascinating to me is we created money. Like us humans created money to make our lives easier because it would be very difficult for, let's say Carissa asked me, Melanie, I would like to buy your program. Um, here is, you know, two plants and a half a chicken. And I'd be like, okay, Carissa, no, it's worth two chickens and four plants. And it, it was just way too confusing. So currency streamlined the entire process for us. What's interesting is it's not actually about the money. Okay. Here's what's weird. When I ask you, what do you want to do with the money? It's never, the answer never is, I want to pile all my money, you know, on my bed and stare it every single day. I want to make wallpaper out of my cash. We, it's the experiences. We want to experience buying our parents a house. We want to experience going on vacation. We want to experience freedom. The weird part is money is just the middleman between everything. Like money is just the, the exchange of what you want to have, what you want to experience for whatever reason, we put all the power into that exchange, the middleman, we give money, all of the power. Mm. And even though we've created it and it physically cannot control us, we created it. It like, it's, it's very interesting, but imagine it's the middleman. It's just a tool, right? Wealth is who we be. The tool is the money piece. So there's a really big difference between the two. I know a lot of rich people who feel very poor. 
And it's because they don't feel wealthy and they still put a lot of emphasis on the money. So they're still in this rat race to, to feel mm-hmm. something different and they never will. So I know that was a lot and it might not hit right away, but that's okay. Come back to it. It will hit later. So yes. the the interesting thing about money, if it can't control us, if it, if it truly is neutral, money is not good or bad. It just is, right? If you really think about it, what did money yeah. ever do to you? Like money is just money is just money right? We're the ones who say money's evil, money's hard mm-hmm. to get, money's this, money's that, money's the other thing. The interesting thing is money, the only job it ever does is it responds to us. Remember how we talked about briefly in the beginning of this conversation about the communication, the masculine, and the feminine energy, right? Like when we're, when we're in a relationship with one another, there's a give and a, and a take. I want you to imagine if you treated money the same way you treated a spouse, right? Imagine if when, you know, the spouse came over, you were like, oh, I'm so glad you're here, right? It was like a big deal. You were so excited. They were, you were hugging them, you're loving on them. And then they're like, I got to go. And you're like, excuse me, where are you going? When are you going to be back? How long? And then when money, when, when the spouse leaves, you're just rapid texting and like, I don't trust you. I don't think you're going to come back. What do you think that person would do? Um, they, be annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> they would probably not want to come around you, right? Because the energy yeah. is like not great. That's how we treat money. When money comes, we're excited. We celebrate it. We're thankful. And then all of a sudden we snap and we go into the, I don't trust you. I don't believe you're here for me. And money's like, what did I do to you? Like I didn't even do anything. Like money just, money is just wants to love on you all day, but because it responds to you, it's either responding to you via lack frequency or abundance. So if you don't trust money to come around, what do you think money is going to do? Come around? No. Right. But if you treat money with excitement, with the, I can't wait to be around you, the, I can't wait to be in your space. Like, I can't wait to see more of you. Or I'm so excited for all the things we're going to do together. Imagine how money would respond back. Excited. Can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Excited. So it's not our fault that we feel certain ways about money because it's, it's generational trauma. Like we've, we've inherited it. It comes from our family. It's who we surround ourselves with. And what I like to believe and what, where I think that things got misconstrued in the process of the creation of money is someone got really rich and Uh then convinced everyone else they should be poor. Mm. Women, especially the two examples we have of successful, wealthy women are mother Teresa who sacrificed her entire life to do things for other people. And Uh she was praised for it. And then we have women like Meryl Streep and the devil wears Prada, who is evil, like mean, divorced multiple times. No one likes her. There is no good example of a wealthy woman for us. Uh uh We're either wealthy in service, in motherhood, in being a wife, whatever that looks like for us. That's what we are praised in doing. We're not praised for making a lot of money. And one of my old coaches used to say, nothing bad ever happens when a woman makes more money. We're actually better investors. We're actually more uh, philanthropic with our money. We do greater things. So I I would beg to differ. And the reason why I'm a rich man, such a big brand in my soul is because Uh I want to see more women have money because I want to change the narrative. So not only are we treating money like a crazy, crazy spouse, right? We're not, we're not very nice to it. Uh, But two, we, we actually fear it. We fear, okay, what if I am highly successful? Who will I be when I'm highly successful? But again, if money can't control us, money means nothing and it's neutral. 
It's just us and we add money. Money can't change you. Money amplifies who you are. That's really all it is. I'm the same person I always was. I just dress a lot better, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's really all it is. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, that was a lot. Um, a lot. That was amazing. Um, I feel like I've heard, you know, stuff about money for so long, but you really explained it very differently. I really like the the spouse um, analogy because my husband says he hates when I like text him when he's gone. Yeah, gives him anxiety and it makes yes. him want to stay later. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I'm trying to wrap my head around this. So you're saying that if you if you're scared of getting money, then that lack of energy is going to not bring the money in. Mm-hmm. So we should be just very excited. Are, can you give any tips on like a daily how to get excited about money that we don't yes. see yet? This is a quick interruption to give a shout out to our friends at Zencaster. Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy and with everything from local recording to automatic post-production in the tool. And you don't have to leave your browser to get this episode done. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel, Carissa Wu. It's in the link in the show notes. But you get to see all my interviews live. And that's all thanks to Zencaster. Back to the show. So just to clarify too is uh, it's, it's, like, it's like us being afraid to love or be loved. Mm, okay. right? We're afraid of heartbreak. So how can we expect some, someone to love us if we don't even let them in? Same thing with money, right? So our fear of who we become or, you know, like it disappointing us, that's, that's, we don't even allow it to even come in, right? It's not even coming towards us. When we fix that piece, then it's the, um, I'm excited that you're around me. I trust you to come back. I trust you to blow my mind. That's the piece we want to fix because ultimately the things we want to do with the money is what matters. So the easiest way, and again, you're either in lack energy, the, I don't have enough. There never is enough, yada, yada, yada. Or we're in the, ooh, I cannot wait to have this, that. I can't wait to experience this thing, that thing. Growing up in poverty, all I did was dream. Like my life would have been so effing miserable had I been like, I'm hungry again. My life sucks. Yeah, yeah, My life sucks. How come I don't have new shoes? How come we live in poverty? How come my parents are this, that, the other thing? Can you feel how that feels a lot different than me being like, I wonder who I can become. I wonder all the great things I could do with my life. Like there's a different frequency. So to answer your question is get excited about Uh what you want to do with it. Like for me, buying my parents a house was on my, was on my live list for like ever, ever retiring my husband forever. I've, I've always dreamt of having so much money that I don't have to think about it. My husband jokes because we, we do this thing. We're like, we'll be at on vacation. He's like, can I buy this? It's like $3,000. I'm like, yeah, sure. If you want to like, and, and in those moments, I'm still so grateful that I can even say that out loud. So yeah. just those moments of I get to travel wherever I want, experience everything life has to offer. That's what I tie everything to is the desire of experiencing all the things that I want. Interesting. Did your brothers become successful like you? No. So I'm the only one in my family that um, has ever made six figures and seven figures ever. Wow. Yeah. So what was like the first, the feeling when you first started making money? Like, was it when you first like launched your online course? Did it just kind of come in or did it take like many years? And like, 
what do you do daily to practice on like your money mindset? I mean, and I get this question a lot and it's, it sounds weird, but I, it still feels the same. Like I'm still excited. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I think people think that now I'm only satisfied if I get another million dollars in my bank account. It's like, I'm happy when I get another hundred dollars. My husband and I like do fun little exercises uh-huh. with our cash. Like we have a fun, we, I, I do this with my uh, money program, but we have a lot of fun with our money. Um, okay. So I would say for the first six months of business, I made zero dollars. Like nothing was livable. I just quit my job. We were getting married. So we had a wedding to pay for. My husband was so stressed out because we just bought a house. Like it's, it was like the worst time ever, but timing was never a thing for me. Um, and I was upset. I felt like I, I was a lot of pressure I felt, but I celebrated the things that weren't exactly financial wins. Like I celebrated the first person who was like, oh my gosh, this post made me feel something. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. it's working. <laughs> and then it was like, oh my gosh, how can I work with you? I was like, oh my gosh, someone chose me. So uh-huh, uh-huh. what we do is whenever we're in pers- our, our pursuit to whatever the financial goal is, many times that throws us into lack. Like if we think to ourselves, like my goal is 10 people and Uh we get two, we go, oh, I suck clearly. And think about that for a moment. What you're telling, you know, money or abundance is I'm not grateful enough for this. Like Uh to me, uh every person felt like a million dollars. Like every, every sale I celebrate because we created currency. That's a human creation. It's not an, it's not a universal creation. So the universe is another difference between $100 and a million. Only we do okay. because we made it okay. up. So uh-huh. I want to tell the universe, if I find a penny on the floor, I'm celebrating that because I want you to know, universe, that I am open to receive more of it. So the oh. gratitude for everything really helped me compound quickly because I did see success. Um, I went from $0 to like my first 10K and then like almost immediately went to $30,000 months. Like it just all happened. I was like, what the hell? Um, so, and wow. for me looking back, it was, I was always grateful. Like that's the only thing that was consistent was my gratitude. Oh my God. Okay. I am so thankful you said that and gracious because I have on my shower, it says, it's like one of those pencils you could erase in the shower, like waterproof, but it's like, I am a successful coach and I have 10 students. Yeah. And so I'm just shy of 10 students, but it was kind of like that lack of mentality, like, oh shit, if I don't miss my, my 10, like I suck, like I'm going to like fail and then I have to go back to photography. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. I really need to just set in like grateful for the people that signed up. Absolutely. And so they call this the power of one is when you're just focusing on one person. Okay. One dollar, one thing. And then when you start seeing one person come in, you're like, it happened. You know, like you feel gratitude for it. And then the second person comes in and you feel gratitude. This is why I don't set goals anymore because I want to blow my own mind. Like I, I couldn't predict going from 10 K months to 30 K. Like that wasn't like who they like statistically speaking, that was like impossible. So I don't want to limit myself. Number one. And two, I don't want to throw myself into the feeling of lack because I'm not hitting my goal. But like, does it even matter in the the long run? No, it's man-made. It's like we made it up. It doesn't mean anything. It's very interesting. I want a personal question for Mm – okay, so I sell my course for 3K. It's like Mm -hmm. a hybrid group coaching, but they give like two one-on-ones. And yeah, they get like so much support and a full like lead machine when they end uh, working with me and then getting results for my other students. Um, But 
you know, price, the 3K prices seems kind of really expensive for people. Mm. Um, even if I feel like I'm pretty strong at the sales call, um, should I talk, like when I pitch it, like should I talk about the, their money story um, along with pitching my 3K and the you know, deliverables and stuff? Mm. So I have a secret for everyone who's listening. Okay. It's never <laughs> about what they get. Okay. It's about the oh. experience. Okay. So this is a masculine marketing tactic is when we push, here's all the things that you get. Here's uh, you know, it's like a checklist. It feels very, everyone does that. Yeah. But how rare do they ever hear Carissa say, I am so grateful to be doing this work. Like to me, what it's all about is, is showing you how to be successful. Like I cannot wait for you to walk through this process with me and have all the tools to do X, Y, and Z. And like, if we really ramp up like and romanticize what they're getting mm. via experience, the pricing doesn't matter. And mm. I'll, I'll go even further. So in my program, The New Era of Selling, I talk about how there's desire selling or buying and then there's need buying. We're taught mm. in the masculine sales practice that people have to need what we have or else they're going mm. to die. Mm. And for me, think about this. People will skip their mortgage to buy the new iPhone. Why is that? They have the money to do it, but they shouldn't be doing the responsible thing because whenever we're paying bills, the energy is like, ugh, oh, here yeah. goes my money. Like it feels like a lot of money. We're looking to cut corners. Like it's a different vibe. Yeah. Whenever you're going to buy, I don't know, the purse you've been eyeing for a long time, the new iPhone, AirPods, a freaking water bottle that you really love, you cannot wait to spend your money. Mm. Like you don't even care in full payment plan. It doesn't even matter. You're just like, I cannot wait to get my hands on this because I want it so much. I sell and create want and desire, not need, right? That's an, that's yeah. an outdated way of selling. So for you, amplify the experience because okay. here's the truth of it. Yeah. Some people, it will be too expensive, but being expensive is all relative. Like what is expensive to me might not be expensive to my husband, might uh -huh. be expensive to someone else. Like you can't, you will never ever have the secret number that everyone's like, thank you, Carissa. This is more aligned with all of us. I appreciate it. Like it's just whatever's aligned with you, you send that power. You talk about the experience and what they're getting out of that. That is what drives desire based buying versus the I don't want to be where I am right now in the next 10 years. So I guess I have to do this. Like the energy feels really different. So when we show more excitement, more passion, uh, more enthusiasm for what we do, that's when people are like, I don't care how much this costs. I want to do it. My first investment, I was, I had, I'm not, I'm not even joking. I had negative $116 in my bank account. When I got my check for my 401k money, I, I had a decision to be like, let me do the responsible thing. Let me keep this money in my bank account. And that way I have a buffer. I said, no, I took the money, uh, still negative uh -huh. my account and, and hired a coach. So when we really desire to do something, we make it work. Yeah. Sometimes timing is not right. They have to wait the next time. No big deal. But to answer your question that you asked before, do you talk about the whole money thing and investing? Yes. Because it really just is fear. Like we're afraid of what it doesn't work. What if, uh, what if it's a flop like the last time? What if I had a bad experience with a different coach? That's why when I talk about experience, all of that kind of gets dissolved because they're like, this is why it feels different than the last time. You changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh perspective is interesting. Yeah. yeah it's oh, pretty cool though. It's interesting because when I was transitioning out of photography, this is my last year of like actually shooting the weddings. Um, my energy really shifted 
And I had all the power because I didn't really care if I booked or not. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so when I talked to the clients, it was so different because I was literally just getting to know them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's different. It's a different feeling. And I have photography clients who sell like senior photography. So uh, girls graduating high school and their packages are in the five thousands. Wow. Uh-huh. And they're sold out. And as a mom, I would pay that. Exactly. <laughs> but what we did was not the, here's how many photos you get. And here's, yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about how it's an experience. The last, the last moment of their adolescence, you're celebrating it. You know what I mean? Like we romanticized what we, what they were doing. It didn't make it just be like, here's how many portraits you're going to receive in a photo album. It wasn't about that. It was about the, you're, you're capturing. And one thing that's really important to me is memories, right? So like photos to me is like the big, my wedding photos, I would have spent a trillion dollars on that shit because that's what you look back on, right? You don't remember all the moments. So when you romanticize it is when people are like, oh my gosh, you're right. I want this so badly. Yeah. Okay. Just one more question for personal gain (laughs) (laughs) from audience too. Okay. So mentality of Instagram. So when I saw your Instagram, um, I've been following you for a long time, but you know, I follow a lot of people, but this one post like kind of stuck out to me and it was like in pink caption, but it says like mistakes of pricing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you, you know, you have the scroll and I like how you do the scroll. um, Like, like you write it on your, your iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your mentality like for Instagram? Is it kind of like every week you just give value or tell them about like mistakes that they're doing or like misconceptions or um, what's like your thought process behind that? Yeah. So I have, uh, there's, there's varying degrees of this. So first, if content is confusing in general, my cash converting content course is like, is, is, Sets you up to understand that the psychology around how we read, um, how people observe, how people absorb information. So, like understanding their fears, their pains, their goals. Like talking to the person is important. I've gotten to a place now where I am very intentional about every single thing that I do. Okay. Like I don't just, I don't just write a post because the algorithm says to write a post. I don't just do things to do that. I don't like slap together a bunch of carousels and say like, oh, I pray to God this goes viral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I do is I'm very, I like, I sit down with myself every week and I go, okay, I want to blow someone's mind today. Okay. Like I want them to like hit this and be like, damn, where'd Melanie come from? Where has she been my whole life? So my yeah, intention yeah, yeah. is to like really infuse something mm. great. So that's number one. And then what I, just to give you some like tactical tips is I think about, okay, what does the algorithm favor when it comes to content? The number one thing that will always remain the same when it comes to Instagram is Instagram wants you to keep people on the platform as long as possible. Mm. That's it. So I play with video content because that's long duration. I play with a lot of carousels because they're reading and they're stuck on my page for a while. That's why I do that. Uh, But I want to do, I want the experience. Again, I'm really big on experience. I want the experience to feel different. So when they're going through a carousel, it's like a story. They're like, whoa, whoa. I don't know which one of these slides I want to share because they're all so good. So I want to create something fun for them. But when we are looking at Instagram, like Carissa, you and I right here, like, you and uh, the way that we're talking right now is no different than how I talk on my Instagram. 
what we do is we treat Instagram like it's a different version of us. Like for whatever reason, this is me on Instagram. And that's not helpful for anybody because if I get to talk to you in person, I should see the same you I should see on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, wherever else you are, because that's the intention. When things feel hard is because we're out of alignment with something. Like it's hard because we're not being our authentic selves. It's hard because we're doing a lot of, I should do this. Nothing feels good for us. So my advice is one, double check. Are you who you are in person? If I was right in front of you, would you talk the same? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like is the conversation the same? And then from there, it's how can I blow someone's mind today? How can I either show them how much I care about what I'm doing, the passion that I exude for what I do? How can I give them a quick tip that they can, like, you know, use right now yeah, to like, yeah. change their world? So that's what I do is I'm very intentional about every piece of my business. And that has really changed my life. Yeah. I think I'm just going to like, kind of like think of your face and then like the, <laughs> Me the video, like, to you. explosion, <laughs> video, the explosion yeah. of the brain. Um, Every time I write, write a caption. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Down for that. So I love this conversation. Let's get into rapid fire questions. Absolutely. Okay. Tell me the reaction of your parents when they bought a house, when you bought them a house. Uh, anticlimactic. They were oh. actually, um, I know that sounds weird that you weren't expecting an answer, but um, if for a while I was actually kind of, I was like depressed for a moment because I, oh. you expect it to be like this big, like, oh my gosh, thank you. And it was interesting because they were really embarrassed. Like they were, they didn't know how to receive it. Wow. And which is part of the work that I do is the receiving piece because a lot of us can't even receive a compliment for God's sake. Wow. So it was hard for them to, to, to feel that and feel worthy of it. Wow. So they still, it's been, I don't know, three years now, two years, a year now. I don't even know how long it's been, but they'll still like throw it in there. Thank you so much. And I'm like, you you can stop thanking me now, but it's because it was interesting that they didn't know how to receive it. So Ah, that is so crazy. That that Mm -hmm. takes a lot of therapy sessions for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What do you like to do for fun? Uh, anything outdoors. My husband and I love to hike, go on adventures, mountains, anything that involves being in nature is my favorite thing to do. Wait, where are you from? Chicago, unfortunately. Chicago. Okay. <laughs> yeah. nice. We're, we're in like the, the cornfields and cows section of the, the Illinois. So we're not in oh, like okay. city city. I couldn't right. do the city. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. What is your woo factor? Your, what makes you stand out? The way I see the world is very different than what most people see. Mm, I love it. Okay. Perfect. And then Maybe a question for me since you're a podcaster and I never do personal podcasts. Yeah, I love that. Question for you is, I will leave on this. Why do you do what you do? Coaching? Um, that's a good question. I at do a, at a soul be- level, at a soul level, what's the legacy you want to leave behind for people? I want to leave behind that you could be anyone that you want to be. Mm-hmm. through being a wedding photographer. I think you, you use the word a lot like romanticize. So mm-hmm. you're going to speak to a lot of people on this podcast that's listening because we're all romantics. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> we really, as photographers, we want to make it the best day of someone's life, the couple, yeah. truly, through you know the whole client experience. But as a coach, I want to help my students make the same experience for their, their clients. Yeah. And I would go even farther, Chris, to say too, that you help really help people have peace of mind. Like if you didn't know, I tried photography very briefly Mm -hmm. when I first started, again, I did a million jobs 
And had I known that there was someone out there, this was before coaching was a thing, that someone out there that could could help me with pricing, packages, marketing, um, just how to talk to people, and that would have changed my life. I gave up far too soon because I had no idea what I was doing and I was very scared. So just know that you make people's dreams come true. Oh, thank and you, you so much. walk them through some very hard, and we know how hard entrepreneurship is. It's a mental game. It's it's a lot of keep hearing no a lot and hearing yes sometimes, and you know, just there's a lot that goes through it. And you are the navigator for people, and that's what you should show them because that's what you do. It's beautiful. I re- I receive that. Love compliment. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, last few words from Melody and your freebie and how to work with you. I know you have a lot of um cool courses that I've bought a lot of them and they're amazing. Oh, one thing, one compliment I wanted to tell you was the first time I bought one of your courses, Money Magnetic Moves yes, or something, yes. um, the first module you were talking about money and I, I loved your confidence about mm. money. And that's something that um, I didn't see a lot in other courses that I purchased and your confidence about money. And you said something about like, why do people spend you know, $30 for a gym membership or like $100 a month for a um, a coach. What are they called? Fitness instructors. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Personal trainers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Personal trainers. <laughs> um, and then why do people, you know, charge or pay for like $1,000 for them? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this mentality. And I was speaking to this one potential student and he, you know what he told me? He said, photographers are like Starbucks. We're on every corner. So mm-hmm. we, I have to charge $1,500. And it just like broke my heart. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he didn't sign up with me. So I'm sure like in next year, he'll, he will still be charging $1,500 after yeah. 12 years in business. So it's just definitely a mindset. Um, and I'm working on my, my mind, mindset every day yeah. too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah, tell us how to work with you and your freebie or not your freebie, but your discounted course rate. Absolutely. So we have a plethora of items, uh, cash converting content for content. We have a $67 offer for all of you, which I will give Carissa. Uh, We have for money mindset, magnetic money moves is one of my favorites. We actually have a live version coming up in February uh, that will be live. So a very exciting new curriculum. We have the launch lab, the new era of selling, depending on what you feel like you need help with. uh, That's why we have micro mastery programs that are for you. So any of those you can go to my website, iamarichman.com. It's brand new. And you will see all those programs there for you. But I will give Chris a special link for the um, the cash converting content course for you guys. Yes. And if anyone listening to this podcast, please take a screenshot and tag me and Melanie yes. Albert and say why you want to be a rich man. Yes. I love that. <laughs> I want to leave you all with one thing that I walk yes. with every single day. So I want to be the woman who money finds wherever I go. Like that's who I want to be. I want money will find me in a room anywhere I am and and offer itself to me. Walk around as if you want people, dream clients, whomever, high paying clients to find you wherever you go. Walk like that woman, walk like that person every single day and watch how your reality changes. Ooh, I love it. With a cute outfit. Like yes. your outfits are like really I'm good usually on. in a sweatshirt, yeah. but okay. <laughs> we'll go for it. Well, on your website, I'm like, that's a good outfit. <laughs> Anyways, I love this conversation. It was so powerful. Thank you, Melanie. Yes. Thank you for having me.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Isn't Melanie a powerhouse? She is just simply incredible. And thank you so much to our friends at Zencaster. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. So if you go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and enter the promo code Carissa Wu, you'll get 30% off your first three months. See you guys next Wednesday. Thanks for joining me this week on Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. Make sure to follow, subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot and post to IG. Tag me. Also, don't forget to download my free guide on how to become a lead generating machine. See you next time, wedding pros.